Thanks for tuning in to Between Two Turns. You've made it to the first ever podcast version. We're going to start you off with a couple of different songs. The first one is a cover of Ocean Breathe Salty by Modest Mouse. It is done by the Pickin' On series. You can find all of this on Spotify as well. We've got a good episode here with Mark Oliver from the Sheep Bridge Jumpers. He currently runs Hot Water Inn and Ketchum. Uh, we've got a couple of questions for him. So, to start you guys off, here's Ocean Breathe Salty. There we go. Right after the Ocean Breathe Salty cover by the Pickin' On series, we had Dreams by the Electric Peanut Butter Company. And, of course, that was the famous Fleetwood Mac song. Uh, after that, Water of Love by Dire Straits and Cineramascope by Galactic, but that's also featuring Trombone Shorty and Corey Henry. Uh, now we have Mark Oliver joining us in the studio here. play with my new band, and it forced me to actually write an album, all of music that I still play um, to this day. So that's kind of like a, a brief little like in- intro to how Sheepridge happened, and it just happened really quickly. I wrote an album's worth of music in about two and a half weeks, and all of a sudden I had a band, and all of a sudden we were playing music. Um, Sheepridge Jumpers, really, uh, I have to give credit to all the people that kind of came together after right. that summer. I had, you know, Zach Herbert from St. Terrible come in, Cody Barnhill, who at the time was like a professional skier, kind of a little famous. I had this wonderful lady, Lacey, um, if you, who was working with like Higher Ground and, and for, uh, the equestrian um, nonprofit down in Bellevue, and she was great in that. And we came together, and I had all these very talented people who were all really excited about um, about playing music. We we recorded an an album, like, well, actually, I will, I'll reverse just a little bit. On January fifteenth or fourteenth of two thousand and like twelve, I think Cam said, "Hey, that would be hilarious if we played Tree Fort." <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, that would be awesome. Do you think we could do it? And so he called up Eric and Eric Gilbert, who, uh, who is from Duck Club, who was from, is from his band Finn Riggins, um, started Treefort Music Festival. And he said, well, I mean, you guys definitely can do it, but we're going to need a recording. And the deadline's like in two days. <laughs> so all of us, uh, we got together like 24 hours later. I had all these little recorders, all these little Zoom recorders, and I plugged everybody's instruments in. And we recorded something. We recorded it till about like midnight. I remember getting all the files, and I have a video background, so it was kind of easy for me. I synced them all up, put them on GarageBand, and I sent it out to the world. And the next morning, <laughs> Eric Gilbert got it, and he had a radio, uh, a radio show, and he played it on public radio in Boise. And he was like, "Hey, I'm just. Do you mind if I play this song?" And I was like, "Oh, so this is that feeling like when you record something and you end up on the radio." And I listened to that, and I went like, "Oh my god!" And I started getting emails from like three or four different other radio stations. Like, can we play this? That was a great song. And so within the matter of like, you know, three days, I'd been played all across Boise and I had this weird following. That's and a great feeling of it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And I, and then we, re- we recorded an album and, uh, and went down to Boise and I had all these albums and they were like, what's your EIN number for your band? And I was like, well, I, you know, I don't have like an LLC or anything. They're like, well, you're going to have to do this for tax purposes. And I was like, oh, well. Okay, uh, I guess I'm not selling anything in Treefort, so I had like 300 albums that I didn't know what to do with, and I was at our first show, and it was like packed. Like, I don't know what happened, like, it was 6 o'clock at Penn Gillies on Friday at Treefort, and there were 350 people in a line out the door trying to get into our show, and I was like, mind blown. Like, how did this happen? Like, six months ago, I was laughing that I might have a band. It was such a quick turnaround. <laughs> it was a quick turnaround, and, and I had this friend in front, and I was like, you know what? If you guys want an album, you guys can just have them free. And he threw albums nice. across this room, and everyone was like, give me one, give me one. And that was like the start of it. And I think we got calls from, 
you know, all these different venues to play. And all of a sudden we were kind of had this little following in Boise and that was it. And that was like, I think six years ago, five, five or six years ago now. Nice. Um, 2000, maybe it was 2013 that we played it first. But. And I know I haven't seen you guys play recently. Yeah. I, I don't want to sure. cover anything you don't yeah. want to say, but what, what's happened to Sheep or Jumpers? Are you all going to reconvene? Yeah, you know, a lot of us, the thing is, is like bands take a lot of energy and life happens, you know, and uh, a lot of our, a lot of our people have gone off and moved to Wisconsin or, you know, yeah. um, Wyoming. They have, we had, we had lives that we were going to go into and the band was never like, Hey, we're going to be a huge <laughs> band. It just kind of happened that we were okay, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, and I have, uh, Kyle Moore and Olivia Grinder and Cam is, Cam Buis is still playing with me and, uh, and Zach Herbert is still playing with me, you know? And those guys, they can all do it. Like we just played a great show. Um, it was super tight and we had a great time. We played, you know, to a few hundred people at Hump and Hannah's on Thursday night and it was amazing, you know? So, uh, we still have it in us so we're just not like sitting there trying to like, hit 50 shows yeah, you, you know it's, that's not something you can really just force sure so. but I guess the influence of like what Sheepers Jumpers did was like um, all of a sudden it opened my eyes to a community in Boise and a community that wasn't really happening here as far as music goes um, and one day Cam said like hey we should we should host bands in your uh, in your artist studio I have this had this place in the industrial park and I was like right that's, you know it's a good transition to like what yeah. we were gonna ask next yeah hit me with that question um as far as like the music scene in Ketchum goes, sure. and, and it seems like Whiskey Jacks has something going on. Limelight's been doing something. Sure. Obviously, Sun Valley. Thankfully, they yeah. they were able to bring in a lot of like big shows. Sure. Um, the Hot Water Inn is is a big player. Uh, yeah. It has been the past like <laughs> couple of years, and it's been I don't know about that. Been more so just a a local spot for sure. what I've noticed as twenty one to potentially thirty five. Um, I feel like that's the general age range that I would yeah. see every time I would go there. Well, yeah, I think this. I think the Hot Water Inn, uh, which was really like born from my garage. I was doing it illegally, and then I had this opportunity to go into this hotel. How the heck did I ever end up owning, you know, a hostel hotel that's kind of beyond me? And you know, the beautiful nature of kind of how things flow in and out of life. And unfortunately, the Hot Water Inn is like on the downslope now. But uh, the idea of the Hot Water Inn was really like there wasn't going to be an age an age limit. I, I had to well. There had to be the 21 and over because I wasn't always serving food. So 21 and over to, you know, whatever. And I think you can go there and you can see somebody who's 22, 23, rubbing shoulders with somebody that's like 75 and having a great time listening to, I don't know, Jared Meese or World's Finest or right. Ila Bamba. Um, but really, I started seeing music as, you know, Whiskey's was going to be a bar. They were going to try and sell you shots of whiskey. You know, they were going to bring Ila Bamba in to have this moment where everyone's dead silent and like not buying drinks. So I was like, there are two things. There's a performance and there's a bar band. And I think I was always into, this is a performance. You know, even when I was doing things in the garage, you know, the huge misconception, I went to a, uh, a city council meeting where they told me that everyone got in fights and drove drunk and, you know, got super wasted and it was just a giant party. And I think, you know, if Jim Slanitz was able to talk at that, he would have said, whoa, 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 pump the brakes here. Like, I've been to all of them and they've been the most peaceful, beautiful things. It's like people, yes, they have, you kind of have to have alcohol to enjoy music I, to an extent, but we're all just sitting there just taking in what the music was about, not necessarily trying to take shots and get as drunk as we can or pick up on chicks, I guess. You know, it was like, and it's about the music. No offense to, to whiskeys or anything. Sure. I, I do enjoy going there. Oh, uh, man. I think the, the band Thunder Pussy that was there yeah. a couple weeks ago, I yeah. was, it was a really fun time Absolutely. going shoulder to shoulder. But they do have a very... Um, directed stick, which is 
a kind of like a tourist bar, and no, no right, offense right, to that at all, right. which is, they do really well. Good job. With hey, that. you know what? I had a lot. I've had a lot of great times at Whiskey's. I've danced with more people, more beautiful people <laughs> in that bar, and had so many great times over my life here. Like from the time I was twenty one, and even like now, I still have a good time when I go there. It's just I realize that music, different music, is meant for different places. You have the arduous for a really big, you know, maybe a symphony, you know, and you have. Um, whiskeys for something like Thunder Pussy, sure that works, you know. But like, you'd have something like the Hot Water for, you know, a more intimate show, and that would be okay. It'd be okay. And and I went into it knowing like, hey, I'm not going to try and sell as much alcohol as I possibly can. It's going to be about the show, and that's going to be bottom line. If I break even, great. If I make money, better. If I <laughs> lose money, at least it wasn't that much. Let's cross our fingers, you know. Yeah. yeah, because the experience, the culture that was going to be brought to town, and it was I feel like needed, you know. So. Yeah. I think well, some of my like favorite concerts I've seen there has been the ones like Smith McKay all day. Sure. When there's yeah. only like 20 people, but <laughs> you end up having a great time. You can right. move around, you can dance and everything. You know, I think everything, there have definitely been some wild cards that I don't know, and I just have to trust that they're going to be good good bands. And sometimes the opener band that they brought comes out of the gate, and you're like, what did I do? <laughs> you know, and then the first song of the main set, and everyone's looking at each other, and then they start getting into it. They start seeing the beauty and whatever is, you know, if it's lyrical, if it's like, you know, a different kind of music. But I think the main thing was, is like, hey, you're going to see music that you didn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily find and catch them, and would never otherwise be brought here, you know, um... Yeah, that was kind of the theory between behind uh, behind the Hot Water Inn or even just Beeb's Garage, you know? Is there so. anything that you wish that you, you know, could do with the Hot Water Inn now that it's, if you still had, like, if it was to be a thing that sure. would carry on, is there anything that you wish <laughs> you could have done that you didn't get to do? Um, you know, I realize something is, it's like, um, dreams take a lot of energy right and take a lot of a lot of work and i can attribute most of that beautiful thing that we all created at um at the hot at the hot water into everybody that was a part of it you know i think sometimes i have a hard time as a creative person um relinquishing a lot of like creative control to other people or maybe not that's maybe delegating people in a way that inspires them to help more with the community that i'm creating and i think that may, might be my biggest downfall is like hey, if no one's going to do it, I'll just do it myself, you know, and I'm going to be the bartender, I'm going to be the, the, the sound guy, I'm going to be the light guy, and I'm going to, you know, clean the venue when it's done, you know, and, right. and that's a lot to take on. It is. Uh, I think that is one thing that I regret, you know, and I, but I realized I tried to do artist things, and some of them just kind of went unattended, and it was really hard to be like, put in all this energy and promote it and pay for promotion and put it in the paper, and then have like one person show up and everybody's hopes are like, this was gonna be this beautiful thing and it really was, but one or two people showed up. And that happened a couple times and that was hard for me to like stomach and be like, well, that, that was a failure. <laughs> you know? like, but so. you know, it's something that you always learn from and you, it's sure. something you can always grow from. And sure. I, I hope that there's something else to kind of take the, the hot water spot after right. it is all said and done. I mean, right. what did you tell me the date earlier or was I yeah, I think, I think May 1st we are walking out of there. Not to say there aren't a couple things on the docket right. um, that may or may not happen, but I'm not crossing my fingers on $3 million flying into my pocket anytime soon. So, yeah, exactly. You know, my day, you know, it's for sale. I think that was really the the firing shot across the bow, just going like, 
you know, you are putting a lot of energy and putting a lot of eggs in your basket to have this thing potentially sell in the next year is really like unfair one to like just my personal life as well as my girlfriend's life. And right. no matter how beautiful as that is, and I, I wish it could keep going. I wish, um, I wish nothing more than to still have that place. But I realize that life happens and like dreams change and things, things uh, go different directions. And as much as I love it, I walk in there every day and I go like, look what you created. This is beautiful. Like, look at this community. Look at the beautiful hue of the purple. And I sit there and I look at the Beeves Garage sign that I built in my garage. And like, I go like, look how far you came. And I also go like, but that it's okay. Like, right. it was beautiful. Like. I look at all those, there's so many moments I like think about, like people just dancing and having such a good time, you know, and just going like, I don't know, I can't even explain it. Well, with all that being said, sure. it breaks my heart to yeah. see that it's going to be closing, but with everything going on sure. with the end of the mountain and everything, yeah. um, what do we have in the next couple of weeks? What do we have to look forward yeah. to? What can we like celebrate at the end of the year? Yeah. Have so, this massive party down there at Hot Water End. Totally. So I have Butter playing um, um, this Saturday with the 131ers, so that'll mm -hmm. be fun. Uh, there's one weekend that's still kind of uh, up in the air. That's like this, the weekend of the 6th, 7th, I believe. And I think on the 12th, the weekend of the 12th, 13th is World's Finest. And then the 20th is Lounge on Fire and potentially Blackadar and potentially the Sheepers Jumpers. I don't know. I think we just like go all night and we just do a huge blowout. And I think that'll be the end. That'll be it. You know, the next day I'll sweep it all up and I don't know, put the... Uh, put the the taps in the back of the truck <laughs> and drive it to my house and put it in the corner and well, you got to use those taps. Yeah, I know yeah. somewhere, but yeah. So that's kind of what we have coming up. But uh, what time yeah. do those shows start, Mark? Those, show, those shows, those uh, shows, yeah, those shows start generally around like nine o'clock, eight o'clock. The one probably on the last day will start earlier because people will be coming off the hill, you know. So we'll probably start that one like right. six. Go so. out with a bang. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. We're gonna do a quick thank you to our firefighters. And we'll be right back with a little bit more of an interview with uh, Mark Oliver here. All right. 15, 15 or 15, 16, right around there. Um, I had slated the band Lounge on Fire to play my <laughs> to play my garage. And at the time, I think there were some people maybe in town or somebody that alerted the uh, the fire chief. I, I don't know if they were like angry at the fact that I was going to have this awesome like locals blowout. And the year before, I. For, for sure was like breaking the law you know but it was like hey it was new year's you know don't yeah. tell me that grumpy's on new year's day doesn't become like you know a huge fire hazard either you know <laughs> so they called me in and they were like you can't do this and you can't do this anymore you know basically you can't actually do concerts in your uh in your garage uh anymore because you're breaking your fire code <laughs> have you ever heard of the rhode island station fire <laughs> and i was like sure but everything in my garage is concrete so that was really the end of beef's garage and the beginning of like looking for a new space you know so i realized and again like i said you know dreams shift and change and generally one door closes another one opens at least i'm crossing my fingers hoping that happens with the hot water so right yeah. anyways what other questions you have to hit with hit me with um well we have uh something about local music in town i mean sure. I, I wanted to continue that yeah. that conversation okay. that we started earlier where you were talking about how tough it is and, and do you have any advice for these bands that are relatively new in the scene i, mean, I haven't seen well, pretty gritty girls played too much just, prior to last couple weekends they got yeah. in a tree for it the piston bullies are another group sure. that i've been seeing around town well i'll say this that uh sun valley and i'm not sure if it's just the how lucky we are to live in this town has always supported the arts heavily right and I want to say that when, when we started our band, the Sheepers Jumpers, there were so many other worthy bands. There was, you know, um, obviously 
uh, first and foremost, uh, Old Death Whisper, right? And then we had Up a Creek Boys, and then we had, like, Andrew Shepard came out of nowhere, and he's amazing. I mean, he's, like, touring the country, living in Nashville right now. You have Tyler and the Train Robbers. You have the Sheepers, Jumpers, somewhere in that mix. You had Zach Herbert with St. Terrible. We had Izzy Taylor. And those seven bands could walk into Treeport and command an audience as good as any of those other bands. And that's one thing that I think Sun Valley doesn't quite understand is that the local talent in this town is really good. But yet it has to have a place to be supported, right? And I would try to bring those bands in either as openers or whatever. And and now with the hot water, I don't do it as often because they, they play a lot. Like Andrew Shepard plays a lot. Tyler and Trade Roberts plays a lot. Old Death Whisper plays a lot. But I think... You know, um, as far as a band goes, the thing is, is like, one, play music. Go play music with people. Like, hone that craft. It's a muscle. You know, that conversation of playing music on stage with people. Like, we, as the Sheepers Jumpers are like, we say, like, we're, we're tight loose. We're not tight, but we have this ability to, like, talk to each other. Like, when someone messes up, you're just going to pick it up. Hey, I missed lines, and nobody knew it because, you know, I just kept playing through no matter what you're out there so um the hurdy-gurdy girls i mean they're awesome they're making it too they can they totally have that ability but it's just going to be it's going to be mileage you know and it's going to be doing it i would say as a community of people that uh have all these kids and people that like were brought up in the arts and have this ability probably more so than a lot of places dude support that with those kids like make a space for them if that's like if that means like and I always thought it would be cool to have an all-ages venue where bands from that were all-ages could come and play. Like, when I was a kid, Wes Walsworth played in a band called A Pathetic Youth, and they played a show at the, um, at the Veterans, uh, oh, what is it, just, uh, I can't even, whatever, the, uh, the Armory down in, down in town. And it was, like, mind-blowing. I, I remember looking and being like, God, I wish I were, like, I wish I could play music like Wes, you know? <laughs> And I remember saying that, like, hey, how cool would that be to be in a band, you know, and I, we moshed and we had a good time. And there was a space for young people to yeah. play music. And I wish there was more of that, really, for the sake of this town, because we really, I, I like how the spot has, you know, and uh, St. Thomas Playhouse have really created a place for people to be creative in the art of um, theater, you know. And I think, and I hope, my hope is that the RGS being so well-funded it doesn't lose fact like it doesn't feel too big that it can't actually bring things in for a youthful audience or for a smaller audience or for people that you know might not have the opportunity heck the sheepers jumpers we played there and it was like it was beautiful do i ever get to play on a million dollar sound system no that was unbelievable you know so i hope that they use you know, they utilize that space in a way that is just uh that just adds so much value to this town you know like um, like if you think the hot water is one little puzzle piece of this town and we might cover one little small section think of all of them as puzzle pieces and whiskey's has its place you know the arduous does the you know the theater out at the community school does and they're all little pieces that, that add to this town to be a whole right and all of them are equally as important if not more you know like but I find that like people feel like there's this competition like they're gonna take from me or they're gonna whatever but I think the idea of all the all I guess you know all tides raise boats or whatever you know like yeah that i hope that's the idea because if you go to tree fort if you go to boise you see that you see how everybody you know comes together to actually make the tide rise you know so is what's the climate of the of the uh of the music scene here it's difficult and it's also at the same time really awesome but it takes energy well, you know? how many people does the arduous hold i haven't been there yet yeah i think it can hold something like 300 and to 600 okay. i think that i think with all the 
thing, whatever, like, you know, accordion back, you can do like 600, you know, and I hope that they bring in uh, shows that challenge the status here because we tend to get the same things over and over and no, you know, not, I'm not talking bad about any single place, but we tend to see shows over and over and over that come through. Um, I like some of the things that the Sun Valley Center has brought through recently. I feel like they've connected more with at least a younger demographic, but we're constantly fighting that. What's going to appease the people that put money in the pockets of the of the venues, and what's going to you know be different and open people's eyes, but might not draw the crowd as big, you know? And I, it's a hard line to tell. You know? I think it's like hard to draw big crowds here too, because we really only have the. The Sun Valley Pavilion and then right. River Run, right? Which only goes sure. during the summer, I guess. Well, no I think place. I think you're talking about a different problem. I actually think that the, I think that the problem with drawing big crowds is that we, actually aren't, we don't have a sustainable population to sustain music venues over and over and over, and that exactly. falls on a number of different things. We don't have affordable housing, so therefore, like. You know, maybe 10 years ago when I was here, I would go to Whiskey's and there'd be 350 people there Thursday through Sunday. You know, uh, maybe w that was for sure when I came back in 2005, it was like that. You know, how many shows I watched it over and over and over and I've watched these numbers dwindle. I think, you know, the biggest fear for me is that like, hey, I live in this beautiful town that I'm slowly watching become a ghost town. And that's a sad thing for me. And I hope that's not the case. But I, too, can, I can totally <laughs> see this happening. We have... Um, kids and people that spend, you know, all their time working three jobs to pay their $1,200 rent before their insurance, before, you know, food, which go to Atkinson's and walk out of there and try not to spend 50 bucks. I mean, <laughs> it just goes down the line. So how much can you really spend on entertainment past that? I think exactly. we are living in like a dangerous time, actually, for a town like this. And that's, I think, ultimately the bigger picture of things mm -hmm. and probably one of the harder realizations of a place like mine with the hot water. I can't do it every night a week to make money to sustain it because two nights a week is too much in this town for people. There's not enough exactly. people to do it, you know? Not nearly like, enough. But we have, I, I agree yeah. with you there, we're, we do have the places to do this kind of stuff. If mm -hmm. it were more of a collaborative option rather than a competitive option, I which I think on yeah. all fronts, past music, past any sort of like restaurant piece, like everything is so competitive in this town. And that's a great thing to be competitive, but so much so where you're hindering a, a bigger picture, a bigger sure. picture of culture. Sure. Um, that that might be a problem. I will but, say I will say one thing. I'm sure there were like bars that were angry every time I did a show. But, you know, as a hostel and as a hotel and as a place, um, I don't know how many times that like you know I would then turn around the next day and be like, go to the cellar. Like, that's the best place to go eat. Go to the go to Whiskey Jacks. There's a great show there tonight. Go check that out. You know, oh the Arduous is doing this thing. Like those were those were kind of like the little things that maybe they didn't see. But like you know, on my night a week. I had to send it. I had to have a good band. But I mean we have the archers, we have totally. whiskeys downstairs and yeah. upstairs. I mean, I feel like the upstairs is just completely underutilized. Right. Um, I the, would agree. With the Warfield is getting their event space put on top of uh, the restaurant and right. everything they're going on with. And then of course Sun Valley, that's a big mm -hmm. piece. Um, and I feel like that's more than enough than we need to bring in bigger acts and more people to come through. But like you said, um, it, it's tough to find enough people at one show um, because we are such a seasonal town that I feel like slack is such an obstacle for every industry that we have. Sure. Um, I mean, knowing that working at a, a restaurant in town, it, it's the whole make as much money as you can so you can kind of relax. And right. 
as you're relaxing, it. you're just hemorrhaging money. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it's the I think it's maybe the hardest thing, and maybe really the underlying reason why the hot water I'm finding just isn't isn't sustainable. I mean, it being for sale is probably like the biggest thing, but at the same time, it's like I have to crush it over the summer and then hope that I make it to December, and then hopefully December is great. <laughs> you know, yeah. and this year was a little tough. It was weird, and it was like I you know. What do I do? And you know, May first till June twenty sixth. You know, you just hemorrhage. You do. You just hemorrhage money, and it is the. It is hard. It's like how do you make the shoulder seasons more? Um, I guess like how do you make it uh, more sustainable for people? And I don't know that I know the answer to that. I think that the internet has helped with bringing people here that can sustain themselves with jobs through the internet. Maybe you know, in some of those times, I think the fall seems to be a little busier. The spring, the mud season, always is terrible. Everyone leaves. So um, that's tough. I think, yeah, as a business owner, I knew this going into it. Right. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned it more uh, uh, in the last year and a half than I ever have. It's scary. It's mm. like it's absolutely scary. You know, like just go like I cross my fingers and hope I make it till like I think December. You know, is just going like just make it another week. You know, <laughs> like get to get to the twenty first when everyone's in town. Yeah. It was that bad? It was like tough. So yeah. I don't know. Is the mint going to make it, Mark? Is the mint going to make it? Yeah, that's a question. That's a really you know, good question. I think, here's this. I think the mint is doing a great job with programming and looking at what um, what's going to work to make the mint work, right? And I think I think a lot of the acts they brought through have been really good. Uh, I think the mint's going to make it, yes. And I think because they are sitting in Haley, where we've lost three-quarters of our population <laughs> that's young, yeah. with families, with whatever, I think they're going to do just fine down there. I, I fear for the mint and a little bit that they don't bring in enough acts that are of like a little bit more um, economical, um, you know, like a five dollar ticket or a ten dollar ticket. Yeah, or a progressive. I mean, I, not necessarily progressive. Just saying, like up and coming. I think yeah, yeah or up and coming. Yeah. I think you can. Here's the here's the big secret about music is that there's a hundred thousand bands <laughs> out there that play just as good as the band. You know that's going to charge you five thousand dollars, and they're going to charge you three or four hundred, and they're going to cross their fingers. Like at least with me, with a hotel, I'd, I'd give them a place to stay and right. give them five hundred bucks. I mean, it's like yeah. they were like the one thing I can be absolutely proud of is I trot, I, I, I paid the artists well, and I treated them absolutely to the best that I possibly could, and it was always appreciated. Um, if it was Esme Patterson, her saying like making me tacos in the morning and saying like I love this place. This is amazing. How this doesn't cool. exist, you know. And and I heard that over and over and over and over. And I think that was always something too that was amazing that uh, that should be thought of. Like when you are a music venue, uh, like your musicians aren't just disposable. They're not just like someone that's coming in yeah. to make you thousands of dollars. Yeah. They are people, and everybody should. I had this rule: like if it's a four or five person band, everyone gets a hundred bucks minimum. You know why? Because they drove to the middle of nowhere, 120 miles out of their way to drive 120 miles back to make $50 each way, you know? And I just went like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. When you see that thing, it's like you put your, you know, $500 amp and your $1,500 guitar and your $5,000 or whatever into your $500 car to make $50. You know, it's like that, you know? It's a thankless job being a musician, but it is maybe one of the most you know, beautiful professions that anyone can have, to have that experience, to stand in front of people, to have lyrics that mean something to somebody, and to stand in front of a crowd that's, like, taking in every single word yeah. of what you're talking about. I mean, it's like it's, it's like no other. And at the same time, you know, music makes your brain just explode, right? When you're a musician, you are, like, nuclear bombing your brain. 
like your synapses are firing across so many different ways you know from rhythm to this communication that, that no one's seeing except your bandmates and you guys all know each other and then you know uh you have to keep all these things in line and i often find myself singing a lyric looking out the crowd and having a conversation in my head about you know the girl that's trying to make out with the guy in the front row you know <laughs> and i'm laughing about it at the same time my body's on autopilot and that's the beauty about music yeah it's the beauty about live music it's the beauty about like everything so yeah, um, I love I love music. I could talk days about music. I wish we could, yeah. man. But I'm, yeah, unfortunately, I think we gotta wrap things up. Get out of here! I know, no. I know, I know. Um, I, I guess what one of the main things about sure. this show is not only just talking to people who have had their lives inspired by music, some people who are leading their lives by music. Sure. Um, what What do you have for us? What do you want to What do you want to play? What has inspired you in your life? What have you liked to cover as a musician? Uh, what do I like to cover? Well, it's funny because I actually. I kind of made a rule with myself that I wasn't going to cover anything. <laughs> and I know that that sounds like crazy, but we really didn't cover, we didn't cover music. We wanted to create music. It's funny when Will Caldwell asked us to play, you know, Catch Him Live, he's like, what covers do you play? And I think I had like, Hey Ya or something. You know, it's like, it was like a bluegrass version of that, you Classic. know, so. Yeah, um, do, why, do you want to, do you want me to choose a song for you guys yeah, to play? Yeah, I was going to throw something on and then we could uh, end the show with a couple of uh, your picks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I get to pick a song right now? You can pick as many as you like, man. Uh, why don't you play the Fruit Bats from a soon-to-be ghost town? And I want you guys to all listen to that and think about that for a quick sec. I was listening to it today. It's, like, very fitting. So, anyways, I just want to say uh, thank you guys for having me on. And thank you to the city and the town of Ketchum and Sun Valley. Because, uh, honestly, all those people that are out there that, you know, time and time again have supported me and supported the Hot Water Inn, my band, my podcast, whatever that is, thank you. I've been creative. I've thrived here. But in the end, I think it's beautiful, but i got to move on. And uh, it's my swan song, so, so thank you Thank guys. you so much for everything you've yeah. done, man. Uh, Appreciate you it. Heard it here first, 88.5 <laughs> KDPI. This is Between Two Turns, Emily and Will. Uh, we've got a couple of songs starting with The Fruit Bats from a soon-to-be ghost town. Hope you guys enjoy it. There we go. We just had a good segment there uh, following Mark Oliver's Sheep Bridge. Sheep Bridge Jumpers and Hot Water Inn uh, interview. Uh, we went straight into From a Soon-to-Be Ghost Town by the Fruit Bats, then into Gin and Juice cover uh, by the Gourds. Of course, that is a Snoop Dogg song covered by a great bluegrass group, and then Young Fathers by Typhoon. Tune in next week. We've got the Hurdy Gurdy Girls. They'll be coming in to the show at 6 p.m. local time uh, here in Ketchum. You can catch it online at 88.5 FM, that is KDPI, that is our local radio station, or you can find their website online, I believe it's kdpifm.org, they have a free stream uh, that happens every time that we go on, and you can also get it here on Anchor, of course you're listening to it here, so thank you for tuning in, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Uh, Instagram is between two turns underscore SV, and subscribe. Thank you.